Hi, I'm Jeremy Larson, the Reviews Director of Pitchfork, and this podcast is supported by Pitchfork Music Festival. Pitchfork Music Festival will take place July 19th through the 21st at Union Park in Chicago, Illinois. This year's lineup features Jamie XX, Alanis Morissette, Black Pumas, Carly Rae Jepsen, Brittany Howard, Jay Paul, Muna, Jesse Ware, 100 Gex, and many more. The festival also features diverse vendors as well as specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. This is the Pitchfork Review, and I am Pooja Patel, the editor of Pitchfork. And back by popular demand is our staff writer, Madison Bloom, and reviews editor, Jeremy Larson. Hi there. Hello. Hey, guys. So that last episode of Listener Collins was super, I think, emotional for all of us (laughs) (laughs) and very fun. Did you guys hear anything from anyone? I got a record deal out of it, so this is probably my (laughs) last podcast. I wondered Um, if you'd get a record deal or like a cease and desist from Coldplay. (laughs) It's well, it's both. <laughs> so they've asked me to join the band because oh. they feel like I, I it's kind of like when, you know, Google buys like a competing company. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, so they're like, uh-huh. don't do this again. We need you to be part of uh-huh. our crew now. I thought that it was really interesting that the entire staff of Pitchfork had never heard that for some reason. So you've cemented yourself into the um, kind of legacy of Pitchfork in that way as well. What a legacy. Great. <laughs> I hope that's how I'm remembered here. There's a lot of people who cry for a, a, a new review of that album because I think it means a lot to people of a certain age. We will not be re- reviewing that album. Oh my God. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully some of our calls for today are going to be a little less emotionally devastating to us personally. Uh, let's hear the first message. Hi, this is Jay and I am... Uh, phoning in from Canada, and I love the podcast. And what I wanted to share was that the summer feels like it is coming to an end here. It feels like fall is really ramping up. And that, to me, is always a last campfire of the summer type moment. And I think everybody has that campfire mix, but I'd really love a couple recommendations that should definitely be around the campfire. It's kind of like the end of summer is coming. It's sad, but we're going into fall. Thank you so much for the podcast. I love listening to it. And I hope to hear your recommendations soon. Wait, well, let's let's unpack this. What are the things that we need to hear around a campfire? Great question. To me, simple is kind of the answer there. I had a lot of campfires and bonfires growing up because I'm from the sticks and that's just what you do like on a weekend or a, a summer holiday. Um, and I can't say I'd recommend like any of the music from those specific campfires, but like, what, were the, what was the music? You don't have to. I mean, rec- this is not a recommendation part of the program. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, I don't know. Like my dad always played music, and like I have a very specific memory of us being uh, at a campfire. I remember him playing like Brown Eyed Girl. You know, it's like something where like the equipment is easy because it's just an acoustic guitar. The song is something like generally a lot of people maybe know or know parts of or can Mm -hmm. kind of like 
just sing syllables to, you know? Yeah, I feel like the other end of the campfire song is... Do you do you know when you're staring into a fire and the heat changes the way that the light and the air looks? When yeah. you're yes. when you're sitting around a yeah. huge fire, everything becomes slightly blurry and then the air becomes a little more viscous too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One album that comes to mind to me viscerally is War on Drugs, A Deeper Understanding, mm. which is this super layered, super textured, really enveloping, dreamy, kind of like you can see the space between the lines in the air. I'm moving through the dark of a long black night. I was thinking on that end of the spectrum, one of my favorite, it's Woods' album at Echo Lake from 2010. One of my favorite songs off of that is a song called Time Fading Lines. It's really evocative without telling you how to feel. Those are some really good campfire songs when you let the conversation lapse and you can just sort of hear the crackling of the wood. Yeah. I feel like I can smell the like, you know, the next day when you still have the smoke on your clothes. I love mm-hmm. that smell. One record to me that sounds like kind of those sad waning last days of summer is um, Towns Van Zant's Our Mother the Mountain. And there's a song on there called Like a Summer Thursday. That's just kind of all about like the ending of things like of a relationship of the season. So like a summer Thursday, I cry for rain. Come and turn the ground to green again. So, I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know that I'm going on a big summer road trip? No. As no. of this Where weekend? Where? I'm going to the Grand Canyon in Utah. Oh, man. And one of our listeners called in to request some music for driving. Let's hear that one. Hi there. This is Shahar. I'm currently packing up my apartment in Los Angeles getting ready to move back home as a result of coronavirus after spending two years in L.A. I need a playlist that kind of captures the sound of Los Angeles, something that I can listen to on my drive up, something that kind of encaptures the hope and the feel of San Francisco as well. Looking forward to hearing your suggestions. Thanks. Do either of you drive? Technically, I've driven about five times in the past 11 years, uh, 12 years. So, you know, my uh, driving choice of music is dated back to when I was in middle or high school and had to make a mixtape for my mom's Subaru, which only had the radio and no CD player. So I made a tape called, uh, it was called Songs for the Ramblin' Traveler. Nice. That makes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got That's embarrassing amazing. stories too, Jeremy. Don't worry. Yes, I, <laughs> I love have, it. Yeah. Um, Ramblin' had an apostrophe. Of course. Um, I was sick of just listening to the radio. And I know for a fact that Peggy Day from Bob Dylan's Nashville Skyline, that whole album I actually think is a great driving nice. record. Peggy Day. It just sounds like you're like passing 
cows and hay bales and sunsets. And there were other more embarrassing ones, which do not apply to this topic. So I'm not going to talk about (laughs) that. There may or may not have been what the wallflowers on that tape and social Mm -hmm, distortion. mm -hmm. But other than that, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Love it. Pooja, I know you have more uh, relevant recommendations to this West Coast traveler. Yeah. My first rec is Dame Funk's multi-album debut that got condensed into this album called To Each His Own. Dame Funk basically like innovated this new, what he calls modern funk on this album. And you can hear like elements of disco. You can hear some cosmic jazz. You can hear some R&B. One less day, one less day be you. I have a whole whole storyline here. Wow. <laughs> After Dame Funk, you're now on, let's say, entering hour two of your road trip. This is when you're going to hit DJ Quick, Book of David. Real quick, just like slam into there. And DJ Quick is this kind of prominent, but also a little unknown producer and rapper. I say prominent because he's been around forever, has worked on like literally everything. Tupac's All Eyes on Me, worked on music by both the dogs, uh, Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg, uh, worked on stuff both for- the dogs. <laughs> worked on stuff for X-Clan and Juvenile and just like all of these people, but was also sometimes not credited on things and was kind of a industry rapper secret sometimes. So when the Book of David came out, It felt like a revelation. Like, it really felt like this important piece of music from this artist who had been around forever. Right. It's like the Dead Sea Scrolls of rap. I don't give a fuck about you, you, her, him, that bitch, that nigga, y'all, them. And then my last suggestion on this journey is literally whenever I think about the West Coast and the LA and G-Funk, I think about the song Regulate, which is one of like the classics of the genre. And it's by Nate Dogg and Warren G. But you guys know the song Regulate, right? Just hit the east side of the LBC on the mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. Chords, strings, we bring melody. Regulate is a great song because it tells this entire story. And then the third verse is just like (laughs) talking about the power of music and weed. It's really like. (laughs) Which is powerful. (laughs) Deeply powerful powerful stuff. And the third verse is just like the rhythm of music is so beautiful. And if you smoke (laughs) weed like we do, like it's fucking great. If you smoke like I smoke, then you high like every day. And if your ass is a buster, 213 will regulate. In any case, um, the LA DJ, Steve Wonder, made this incredible Best of Nate Dog mix. And it's called Nate in 08. And it's like a history lesson in Nate Dog. And obviously Warren G is in the cut too, and 213 is in the cut. And it is such good vibes and such easy listening and perfect road trip music. 
Wow, that's that's an awesome little Dre, Dr. Dre insert into that. That's really good. It's such a good note. That sounds great. I wish I was driving to that in high school. (laughs) Smoke weed every day. Oh, boy. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from some more of you. I'm Nomi Fry, and this week on Critics at Large, we're talking about the delights and shortcomings of the new movie Challengers. It starred Zendaya at the center of a tennis triangle and a very steamy love triangle. Who are her loyalties to? Will she be tempted by the other one? How do these guys reckon their professional playing ambition with their romantic and sexual feelings about this mysterious woman? And such we have it. We have a conflict between three people in a game meant for two. Is it a sports movie or a sex movie? Find out on Critics at Large from The New Yorker. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. So today we're listening to the voicemails that you, our listeners, have left us asking for music recommendations. Hi, Pitchfork. So my name's Andrew. And last year, I first discovered King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And unexpectedly heard their Infest the Rat's Nest album. Not expecting it to be a metal album. This year, I fell in love with Rina Sawayama's Sawayama, which is also, like, super metal-inspired. And never thought of myself as a metal person before. But I'm kind of coming around to the idea and feel like this is a gap in my music life that kind of needs to be fixed. So... Any recommendations for a beginner metal listener would be amazing. I love just the idea of suddenly realizing you like metal and that you may be interested yeah. in it. It's such a disparaged genre. Yeah. It is it is off maligned. Yeah, yeah. So um I think that's really awesome uh getting into it, especially through those two albums, which are, you know, a, one is a garage rocky scuzzy band who made a prog metal album and the other is a pop star who is borrowing aesthetics from new metal i think like that's what's so incredible about music in the 21st centuries not only are we sitting here like a bunch of nerds like typing out the connections that we hear but you hear something and you're like i want to know more about this sound it's so rare that we get to see this discovery happen in real time too where someone comes across Rina Sawayama and says, now get me deeper into metal. It's really great. Yeah. Andrew, I have a couple of things for you. So the first is, and I'm going to say this, and it's just, you know, how they say like cliches are cliches because they end up being true. Well, one of the first metal bands you should get into is Metallica. Um, They are often the gateway for a lot of people. They are one of the largest rock bands of all time. But, you know, when they first started in the 80s in the Bay Area, they were making thrash metal and they took sort of the thrash metal scene and kind of they didn't make it popular, but they made it more orchestral and they made it a little more melodic. I remember I made my dad take me to a Metallica concert when I was 14, where Seven Dust and Kid Rock opened. Kid Rock oh boy. had 
Kid Rock had go-go dancers in mm-hmm. cages on either side of him. That was a that was a that was I'm a rolling my eyes so hard. Where did yeah. your dad hang um, out? Was he like at the show with you? Did he drop you and leave? No, he dropped he dropped me and hung out in a hotel lobby for <laughs> the better part of three hours. And it was a snowstorm too, so I think we were all kind of oh, wow. worried that we might have to stay in Milwaukee and not drive back to my my tiny little town. Um what do you guys think? Do you guys you guys have any experience with metal? What was your sort of first dip into the waters of metal? For me, when I was my first like big genre that I was into as a kid was punk music. So to me, I was like, well, punks don't really listen to metal. Like that was my kind of idea at the time. But when I started going to shows, I started seeing all these kids with like huge motorhead back patches. So I think like Andrew, if you're if you're into like grimy gritty rock or fast rock and like you're trying to get more into metal that's like a very safe fun super amazing place to start and like they had the same kind of time frame as the punk scene so it does it makes sense that there's like this cross contamination of sound but i also my mom actually was like super into metal but it didn't like rub off on me till later but she got really into new metal actually well really yeah my mom loves just like heavy shit <laughs> like, <laughs> like she loves that song by drowning pool bodies um that's like her oh song <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, her friend got a karaoke machine a couple years ago, and she, like, sings that every time. Oh, my God. I don't think God. she really knows all the words. She just kind of, like, gets into it and, like, gets in your face and yells it. But she loves that song. She saw Corn in the 90s. Um, I, your mom saw Corn in the 90s? Yeah, she got it. I was really awesome. pissed I couldn't go, but she brought me a T-shirt, which was really sweet. I need to meet your mom. I'm flabbergasted. I don't know. I'm speechless. That's great. She was, she was a good, good mom. I guess sort of metal is kind of about like what you're looking for from it too. So much of it is about aggression, but a lot of it is about escape. But if you really want to go into like psychedelic metal, I would definitely start with Sleep. And one of their best albums is called Dope Smoker. And it they really kind of double down on the entire cannabis plot of their band. Mm-hmm. It's about like these creatures called the Weedians and they... <laughs> traveled to Nazareth with like these <laughs> infinite jetpack bongs on their back that just like constantly like vapes weed smoke into their mouth. <laughs> but it's basically this hour long track and it just sort of churns and then these guitar solos come in and out. <laughs> feel like the sciences was a huge album for them too i feel like that song marijuana's theme yes was one of the best songs of the year 2018 it's so exciting to hear someone want to dive into a genre that is so rich with history and yeah i'm really excited for your for your journey into hell <laughs> <laughs> And finally, our last listener called in and said basically what we're all thinking right now, which is how the hell do I get out of this current reality and into something different? Let's hear Mike's message. Hey, this is Mike. I'm a big fan of uh, Pitchfork. You guys have not steered me wrong in a while, and I've, I've got a conundrum for you. 
I'm having a real 2020. Uh, kind of sucks. My mom got sick. Lots of bullshit. And I would, I would love to live in the future. Escape reality. I don't really give a shit about lyrics or anything like that for this mood. Thank you. I'm sorry you had such a bummer year. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about that. You said something in your message that was like, I'm having a real 2020. And then there was a pause. And I thought, like, you've just turned the year 2020 into a noun of its own, into like a proper noun, which I think maybe looking back, I think we might just all make it and say like, yeah, like in 10 years, like, I don't know, man, I'm having a real 2020 today. We're all feeling a bit 2020. So I want to get you into Autechre. Autechre are a uh, British duo. They make experimental electronic music. But recently they've been putting out these live sets. And there's one uh, that I think you could start with, which is Autechre NTS sessions one through four. It's like, if you like the Grateful Dead, but don't like lyrics or the jangly part of it, and you wish they existed in the future as robots. It really takes you away. And if you really want to escape and live in a totally different world that feels like there is nothing organic growing and you were just on a grid inside of a machine, Autechre is the way to go. I mean, the first ones that spring to mind are like Holly Herndon's proto. Holly Herndon like created an AI to Mm -hmm. make music with her. I mean, it's insane. It's like completely next level. It's like actually employing methods that will probably be used in the future, but now. And then um, Sophie, her last record, The Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides, again, sounds like, yeah, it's just like not from this planet. I'm real when I shot my face. And actually, it's, it, it's kind of almost sounds like textures and objects instead of like organic matter. So I think those those are two big ones for me. So Duval Timothy just released a record called Help. It's this like this meld of like pianos and some guitar and vocals. The NTS mix that he recently did, I think it was called Chop, is this bizarre and somehow perfect meld of artists that you will recognize and love. Like Boney Bear is on it, Samfa is on it all of these kind of instrumental first artists that are in the mix. And it feels extremely like what the future can sound like. It's this mix of indie and contemporary and jazz and chopped and screwed. And you will not get lost in any words. You will just feel the movements of the music. Well, I'm sorry to hear you're having a shitty time, Mike, and I hope that some of these suggestions help. I personally have a pretty good memory for knowing exactly where I heard a song for the first time. And I think the ability not to be 
so corny, but like we've already crossed that bridge at this oh, point at this <laughs> here. Um, it's to be able to like be that moment for someone else is that's awesome to me. Yes, I love that. Oh, that's so nice. This is why we do what we do, literally, <laughs> because music has shaped the way we live our lives. And we are so glad that we're able to help others do that. If you want to hear the songs we talked about in this episode, check out our new Spotify playlist. It's called The Pitchfork Review, Music from the Podcast. And if you need some music to soundtrack your life right now, give us a call at 917-524-7371. Leave us a voicemail and Pitchfork's music critics will try to recommend you something new. Again, that number is 917-524-7371. We'll take a listen and pick a few to feature on an upcoming episode. The Pitchfork Review is hosted by me, Pooja Patel. Special thanks to Madison Bloom and Jeremy Larson for coming on the show. You can follow Madison on Twitter at a casual female and Jeremy at Jeremy D. Larson. You can follow me at Sonari. You can follow Pitchfork on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pitchfork. This episode was produced by our senior producer, Caitlin Pierce, and assistant producer, Ben Montoya. It was edited by Todd Whitney. Our executive producer is Alex Kaplan. Our original music is by Andrew Epen of Basement Crafts. This episode was mixed and scored by Ben Montoya. Special thanks to Anna Gatza, Amy Phillips, and Julie Shen. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also send an email to podcast at pitchfork.com with any feedback. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Ever wanted to go inside the Met Gala? I'm Cho Minardi, and this week on The Run Through Vogue, we take you inside the world's most exclusive and glamorous party. We'll talk about the best looks from the red carpet and everything that happened after. Listen to The Run Through Vogue wherever you get your podcasts.